Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay on NRM Streamcast.
kicking the doors off the hinges with the rare double shot. And of course, I say this knowing full well that a couple weeks ago, not only, not only did we open the show with a double shot, but we closed it with a double shot. That, of course, being our extended mix uh, Labor Day extravaganza. Uh, this week, we couldn't not do it because we are just four days away from the beginning of autumn, and I cannot wait. As a kid, uh, I dreaded the fall. I dreaded going back to school, and as, I, as I've gotten older, I've appreciated fall or autumn, as it is more properly referred to, even more and more. And as I get older, summer ain't nothing but hot winter to me, and uh, autumn is just, oh, just thinking about the crisp air, thinking about the just, uh, you know, putting on hoodies and just, just all the things about autumn that I love just makes me insanely, deliriously, deliriously, I, so delirious I said deliriously twice, insanely, obnoxiously, deliriously, um, retroactively, perpendicularly excited about the arrival of fall. So uh, when I was putting together the show, of course, you know, it put me in the mind of Yola Tango's Autumn Sweater, a, a song that when you listen to it, you want to grab for that autumn sweater and you want it to get 10 degrees cooler. And of course, if we're going to do that, we, we got to open the show with the, with the little selection that uh, I've been uh, treating you to every year over the past several years when we approach the uh, change of the seasons and that of course is a selection that really is technically not available on an album but you can find it on youtube and when we used to do the show live it was easy for me to just pull up youtube on my laptop and let her rip uh, of course this time out uh in order to treat you to the legendary red fox and smiley rogers with their rendition of Tis Autumn, as performed on the classic 1970s Norman Lear sitcom, Sanford and Son, uh, I had to improvise. And since I have no way of knowing technically how to rip audio from a video, I literally <laughs> sat here with my laptop, opened up the Audacity recording program that I used to record the show with, uh, let the YouTube video rip and just sat here as quietly as I could so it could record the audio, knowing full well that it was not going to be the highest of fidelity, but knowing damn well that it was going to bring a smile to my face and hopefully maybe yours. And so maybe the audio quality wasn't there, but just just the performance, the, the smile that it brought to my face when I first saw this as a kid and how... Every fall, when I listen to this, it just makes me smile. It just fills my heart with glee. It just, I couldn't not do it. So we had, to, so there you have it. There you go. The double shot opening up uh, the autumn season opener uh, with the legendary Red Fox and Smiley Rogers with Tis Autumn, followed by Hoboken's Finest. And I so often say this about Yula Tango and the Feelies, but you know, they're both from Hoboken and they're both pretty damn fine. So I think they can share the title. Hoboken's Finest, Yola Tango, uh, I Can Hear the Heart Beating as One is the name of the album, and Autumn Sweater is what we heard from them. Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We are here weekly on NRM Streamcast, 
And I am not going to bore you with all the usual details that I usually do because I have come up with an elegant solution to deal with that. And it will become obvious as the show unfolds. So with that in mind, what, what do we have on today's show? I am so glad that you asked that. So, so many things. Plus, you know, as I do so often, I've called an audible. And as I was laying in bed last night, I was thinking, okay, another thing I can't not do, much like the Red Fox and Smiley Rogers at the top of the show. So, uh, first and foremost, like I was saying, uh, Tuesday is the first day of fall. Uh, in addition to that, we have got some pretty big birthdays. And if you know anything about me, and if you know anything about the show, you know, you probably know what's coming. Well, Wednesday, the 23rd, is the birthday of three absolute masters of American song. From uh, very different backgrounds, uh, from very different uh, stylistic uh, disciplines, if you will. But uh, first and foremost, we've got the late, great John Coltrane, who would have been 94 on the 23rd, but uh, unfortunately left us at the age of 41. And we're going to listen to some sprawling epics from Train in honor of John Coltrane's birthday on the 23rd. And then, just an American treasure, if there ever, if there ever was one, even before I had heard a lick of music by the legendary Ray Charles. I knew who he was. I knew that Ray Charles was the all-time favorite artist of my Uncle Gary, who to this day is one of the coolest human beings I know of. And, uh, of course, uh, it is the birthday of this dude who I've kind of sort of been just very casually uh, interested in over the past several years, uh, a fellow by the name of uh, Bruce Springsteen. And, of course, you know, over the years, you know, we've taken the show closest to the 23rd to uh, pay homage to these gentlemen. At first, I would just do wall-to-wall -wall Springsteen shows, and then when I learned that it was also the birthday of Ray Charles and John Coltrane, I was like, wow, this is like, you know, the, uh, the Voltron of music. It's like the uh, the Transformers. It's like all the, the powers coagulating as one. It's like we have to honor all of them. And, of course, you know, we, we have taken a lot of uh, angles at the Springsteen thing. And I, as I was going through uh, some playlists of yore, realized we hadn't done a Springsteen birthday show since 2017. Because the last two years, we uh, did our... Uh, or was yeah it was last year we did our uh, hopscotch wrap-up show and so we didn't do a springsteen birthday show and the year before that it was when both of my parents decided to get their hip replacement surgery uh in rapid succession i was in uh i remember it very vividly because i took a brief uh vacation to fort worth to hang out with my friends craig and joey i came back immediately Took my dad in for his hip replacement. Uh, as soon as he uh, got back, um, we were getting ready to take my mom in for hers. And as she was getting ready to come out, my dad went back in because he developed an infection. So the fall of 2018 was pretty much Swiss cheesed by my parents and their hip replacement surgeries. And they're both doing well. 
uh, and I'm grateful to still have them both. Um, but suffice it to say, uh, I had to cancel a lot of shows during 2007 or 2018. So I, I looked and it's like, wow, last time we did a Springsteen show, Springsteen birthday show was 2017. So we are overdue. And we've often taken, uh, you know, one year we did some of the longest songs and some of the shortest songs. Uh, for many years when we were uh, at our first station, we would do Springsteen covers because we weren't allowed to play Springsteen because he was too popular. Um, the last time we did a Springsteen uh, birthday, uh, it was a, a, a couple of sets of Springsteen guesting with other people and other people uh, duetting with him. Uh, and you know, over the years, it's gone from being an full show Springsteen love fest to being, you know, a partial Springsteen love fest and giving some equal time to uh, Brother Ray and the train. So today, though, uh, we're going to have some quality time with Brother Ray, some quality time with train, and then we are going to treat you to two sets of Springsteen music, and we are going to be focusing on latter-day Bruce, 21st century Bruce, if you will. So, and I've been taking a look, and it's like, okay, ever since uh, the 21st century began, there have been eight, count them, eight Springsteen studio albums. And so we're going to take a track from each, and it's going to be fun. Um, I'm not saying it's definitive. These are just, I, I went ahead and picked, in some cases, my favorite, in some cases, maybe not my favorite, but I'll explain a little later on and hope I don't bore you to death. But uh, so at first, the show was just going to be that, and we're just going to call it a day. And no court in the land would have convicted me. But then I'm laying in bed late last night, and I'm scrolling through my social media feeds, and what's this? It is the 35th anniversary this week of the release of an album that is near and dear to my heart, an album that I reference quite often on the show and in life. It is the third album from the Waterboys. The Waterboys, who, of course, recently dropped a new record, but their third album, This Is The Sea, is an absolute classic and it's, it's you know if you're going i've never heard of it and i'll say it's one of the best albums you've never heard so we're going to spend a little quality time with the music of the water boys of this is of course you know back when uh mike scott was joined by the great carl wallinger and anthony thistlewaite i believe it was the last album with uh carl wallinger before he left the band to to form world party uh but we will spend quality time with the water boys this is the sea as it turns 35 this week all this and much much less on today's show but for right now we're going to treat you to a fistful of tracks by brother ray and i think this is a sentiment that a lot of us a lot of us can subscribe to during these trying times of covid oh brother ray whatever shall we do You know my baby She 
won't let me in I've got a few pennies I'm gonna buy myself a bottle of gin And then I'm gonna call my buddy On the telephone and say so hard all day long everything I try to do seem to always turn out wrong that's why I want to stop by on my way home and say now let me tell you one more thing Home. Have a little taste, but don't lose your cool and start messing up the man's place. Ain't no harm. Take a little nip, but don't you fall down and bust your lid. Oh, now, baby, please. Don't you come back no 
people to mess around. They're doing the mess around. They're doing the mess around. Everybody doing the mess around. Ah, everybody was juice, you can bet your soul. They did the boogie boogie with a study roll. They mess around. They're doing the mess around. They're doing the mess around. Everybody doing the mess around.
nine. Never grumbles or fusses. Always treats me right. Never running in the streets and leaving me alone. She knows a woman's place is right there now in her home. I got a woman way over town that's good to me. Oh yeah. She's all right. I don't know she's all right. She's all right. She's all right. Oh, yeah. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Exile on East Street. Go ahead and like Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay on Facebook and drop us an email at Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay at gmail.com. A fistful of tracks from the late great brother Ray, Ray Charles. Uh, He would have turned 90 years old on September 23rd. So with that in mind, we listen to five of my favorites from Brother Ray. Uh, Finishing up right up there with uh, I Got a Woman. Uh, A lot of people know that as the song that Kanye West sampled, but uh, make no mistake, that is Brother Ray's song. Before that, a song that not unlike Tis Autumn, the version that we kicked off this week's show with, this particular song makes me smile. Like, like few things make me smile. There's a short list of things that make me smile, just like a dopey kid. And, uh, you know, the, the song we kicked off this week's show with is one of those songs, and so is The Mess Around, because I cannot think of The Mess Around without thinking of John Candy in planes, trains, and automobiles as he's driving down the wrong way on the freeway. Uh, Steve Martin in the passenger seat just passed out to the world, and the next thing you know, you've got this semi bearing down on them. Uh, that, that, that movie never gets old. That moment never gets old. That, that scene never gets old. Uh, that song never gets old. Uh, smack dab in the middle of the set. A rare... Uh, Instrumental. I'm like, Ray Charles, best known as a singer, a songwriter, or an interpreter of American song, but he was a badass on that piano. And uh, that right there in the middle of the set is selection entitled Sweet 16 Bars, which I was not familiar with until the fall of 1994 when I picked up this jazz sampler from Best Buy of all places. I don't know if there's many Best Buys left, but... Uh, Back in the day, when I was broke as a joke, uh, if somebody wanted to give me a free sampler, I was taking it. And if it was a free jazz sampler, I was really excited about it because I dug jazz. And I don't think I had actually seriously started buying jazz music at that point. So I'm like, oh, this is great because it's exposing me to all this other stuff. And so uh, Sweet 16 Bars, a really cool kind of bluesy, gospel-y flavored uh, instrumental from Charles from this collection put out uh, by Atlantic Records called Atlantic Jazz Legends Volume 1. And I was looking at the, uh, yep, here it is. I have to share this with you because this shows you how dated it is. Uh, So on the front it says, Rhino, 
Atlantic Jazz Gallery. No, it says Rhino Presents the Rhino Atlantic Jazz Gallery. And then there's the big yellow and black Best Buy tag. And then underneath it, it says some places are known for their music. And then you flip it over and there's the uh, track listing. And at the bottom, it says all of the music heard on this sampler is specially priced on CD and cassette. That should tell you how dated it is. All of the music heard on the sampler is specially priced on CD and cassette until August 10th, 1994. I had completely forgotten about that part of it until I was uh, going ahead and uh, putting together the show, and uh, that just delighted me to no end. So, uh, yeah, Sweet 16 Bars. Uh, before that, another couple of Stone Cold classics from Ray Charles, Hit the Road Jack, a song that I think people of all ages know. I'm like, I knew it because as a kid, my mom would sing it around the house. I had no idea it was Ray Charles, but I also knew, like I said earlier, before I heard a lick of Brother Ray's music, that my Uncle Gary was a huge fan of Ray Charles. So the first time I actually heard Ray Charles, I'm like, now I get what Uncle Gary is talking about. Uh, you know, if you're any kind of listener of the show, you you may have heard me reference uh, my Uncle Gary in, in the past as Uncle G. And uh, he actually, I think, if I, my memory is not mistaken, he actually sat in on the show once, which was, of course, a highlight for, for, for yours truly. At the top of the set, let's go get stoned. Like I said, at the top of the set, a sentiment many of us, I think, can subscribe to during these trying times of COVID. And with that, Ray Charles, a very happy 90th birthday to you. And before we dive headlong into the next birthday set, and there's a lot of them, I want to give a crazy, stupid, monster props birthday shout out to my good friend Don LaRue, who, uh, you, you may be going, Don LaRue? And I'm like, no, Don LaRue, a really good friend of mine who back when this show started, he was starting a show, his, show of his own. Uh, back at WHFR at uh, the campus of Henry Ford College in Dearborn, Michigan. And uh, we both uh, started our shows roughly around the same times, and we bonded over the fact that we were both like like total music nerds and total uh, uh, roots rock, cowpunk, uh, Americana nerds, alt-country, if you will. And so uh, I did a uh, Monday afternoon show. He did a Tuesday afternoon show, and his was called Crossroads City Limits. And he had never done a radio show before, but I listened to his show, and it kind of floored me. And he kind of, he didn't even realize this. He, he thought he sucked. I thought he was awesome. But I listened to his show, and he challenged me to be better. And so when I told him that, he'd be like, Really? And, uh, you know, he, to this day, he's one of my favorite human beings and he is a teacher these days. And, uh, you know, you know, being a teacher these days, it is, you know, they, they need to get paid more. And he is in a school district where he has actually had to go into the classroom. So brother Don, happy birthday and hope you are keeping safe and sane. And with that, Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We are here weekly on NRM Streamcast, and we are knee-deep in the middle of wishing a happy birthday to not only my good friend Don LaRue, but Ray Charles, later on, John Coltrane, and right now, the man known by many as the boss. Yes, that's right. Bruce Springsteen shares a birthday with Ray Charles, and with John Coltrane, whereas Brother Ray would have been 90.
Bruce will be 71, and he's celebrating by getting ready to drop his 20th studio album, uh, Le Letter to You. We heard the uh, title track from that last week. We could have very well uh, double-dipped and played it again this week, but, uh, you know, I didn't want to get... Uh, too redundant, you know. We'll, we'll. There's plenty of time to be playing more the new Springsteen because this week is our uh, birthday show for uh, Ray Train and uh, the Boss. I want to uh, take the angle this year with Bruce and uh, focus on Latter Day Bruce or 21st Century Bruce, if you will. And I've counted, and there are eight solo al or I'd say eight studio albums from Bruce since uh, the beginning of the 21st century. Some of them are solo albums, uh, but to just kind of, uh, and you're, you're probably going, really? Eight records? He has been prolific since uh, the 2000s began. So in 2002, there was The Rising. In 2005, there was Devils and Dust. 2006, as I was driving from Detroit to Charlotte to start my new life here, uh, there was We Shall Overcome, the Seeger Sessions. 2007, one of my all-time favorites, regardless of what era you want to put it in. You can talk all-time Bruce, or you can talk uh, latter-day Bruce, or classic Bruce, but Magic is one of my all-time favorite Bruce Springsteen records. So that's what we're going to focus on in this first set. Uh, a little bit later on, we will uh, focus on the studio work that Bruce has done since 2009. But for right now, we're going to focus on the years 2002 through 2007. Like I said, prolific time for studio albums. And, uh, yep. So, wow. My mind just got blown by really seriously how prolific this man is and continues to be at the ripe old age of 71. I just had to take a moment to like seriously be blown away by that fact. So, uh, kicking things off with uh, a track from The Rising, which uh, we bookended uh, last week's show with, because this, of course, is known as Bruce's 9-11 record. A lot of the songs, not only talking about the events of 9-11 and the lives that we lost and... Uh, you know, paying homage to the first responders, but just dealing with the grief in the aftermath. And I've always seriously dug this song that we're going to kick the, the set with, set off with. And it's a song that really kind of deals with, you know, one of the ways of dealing with grief and uh, not a way of dealing with grief that uh, many people are comfortable talking about. But I think he kind of sort of nails it. Happy birthday, Bruce. Here's the fuse.
stole my tongue. The fuse is Last call, 
These days I don't stand on pride Being afraid to take a fall You seem that you lie And maybe your first choice is gonna Well, it's alright Baby, I could walk you away on
Man can pay pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Breaker, Castro, Overcast, Radio Public, TuneIn, Castbox, iHeartRadio, and PocketCast. Regardless of where you find us, don't forget to leave us a rating or a review. We also archive every episode of the podcast over at debtsnohonestmancanpay.com, where you'll also find every playlist of every episode going back to April 7th, 2003. And with that, let's get back to the show. Four songs from four studio albums spanning the years 2002 through 2007 as we shine the spotlight on Latter-day Bruce or 21st Century Boss, depending on how you look at it. Wishing uh, Mr. Springsteen a very happy 71st birthday on September 23rd. Rocking harder than men and women half his age. Uh, the very first time I heard that last song of the set, uh, it kind of sent chills up and down my spine. And I, I'm not going to front. Magic is one of my favorite Springsteen records. Whether we're talking All Time or Latter-day Bruce, Magic does it for me. And I, I'll even put it in my top five. I'll put that one and Tunnel of Love in my top five. And you can fight me if you like, and, and you may win, but I will still stand my ground. Regardless, uh, the very first time I heard I'll Work For Your Love, the piano, the glockenspiel, I got chills up and down my spine. It was a true Chewy We're Home moment from uh, The Force Awakens. You know, when, when, when Han looked at Chewy as they entered the, the Millennium Falcon and he said, Chewy We're Home Again, that's exactly how I felt the very first time I heard that in 2007. Of course, uh, The Force Awakens hadn't come out yet. It would be several years before it would come out, so I couldn't articulate it at the time. But now that all these things exist in this universe, I can now call it my Chewy We're Home Again moment. Uh, before that, you could call this one the soundtrack to my journey from Detroit to Charlotte. Uh, during the spring of 2006, uh, my parents had just moved out here. My mom and my stepdad just moved out here, and mom was like, hey, maybe you should think about looking for work out here. And I'm like, nah, whatever. So that was the beginning of April. And at the end of April, I was down here starting a job. And uh, in the meantime, Springsteen had just released the album We Shall Overcome the Seeger Sessions, an album that before it had come out, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. I'm like, obviously, I was going to be like, okay, new Springsteen record. He's covering some Pete Seeger songs. It should be cool. I'll, you know, I'll probably listen to it once or twice and, you know, you know, just kind of 
you know, put it aside and maybe every now and but no, it was so much better than I could have ever expected. I'm like, he totally just kind of gave it this rousing, rollicking kind of New Orleans jazz band kind of flair. It's just, I, I couldn't have expected it. And, uh, you know, I was driving down here to move down here and listening to my Sirius satellite radio years before Sirius and XM had merged and uh, listening to a lot of E Street Radio. And, of course, because the record had just come out, th this was in heavy rotation. I was hearing tracks from uh, We Shall Overcome all over the place. And my early favorite, and still one of my all-time favorites from that era, of course, was Pay Me My Money Down. Um, I, I've always kind of giggled when he gets to that point where he goes, um, uh that line about uh, hauling my money in in crates like Mr. Gates. And uh, was he referring to Bill? He must have been. I don't know. I am I, ashamed to say I've never heard the original version. So before that, a song originally recorded by Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes. Their version, vastly different from Bruce's. Of course, Southside recorded it and then Bruce recorded it and released it on the 2005 record Devils and Dust, uh, one of Bruce's solo records. And when you're talking about solo records, you can put these into the category. You could put Nebraska, The Ghost of Tom Joad, Devils and Dust, and uh, Western Stars. All very different records. And I could go down a rabbit hole talking about these. Uh, all I'll say is I've always dug Springsteen's version of All the Way Home because it's one of the outliers on Devils and Dust. You know, it's mostly acoustic record, except for this song. This is like one of the few songs that just, it just blasts out of the speakers, and it just, I don't know if it quite fits sonically, but I dig it. So, uh, before that, at the top of the set, The Fuse. This was the first album with the E Street Band since Born in the USA in 1984. The year was 2002. This, of course... I've said ad infinitum. It was Bruce's 9-11 record. It was the first studio record with the E Street Band in nearly 20 years. And it was the first record that he had brought an outside producer. And that would be Brendan O'Brien, who he worked with on that record. And he worked with on Devils and Dust and Magic. And then... They kind of hard ways, but man, three rock-solid records with Brendan O'Brien, uh, beginning with the, the Rising. And that song always stood out to me. There's just something about it that just grabbed me by the collar. I, it was a record, the whole album just was dealing with some pretty weighty issues, but sonically, they were kind of trying different colors out. And it was kind of, to me, it was kind of like, when he did the 92 albums and the 92 tour and he dismissed the E Street Band and he wanted to try different things, you know, and it was great. It was fine. But, you know, and there are people who are just like, they bristle and they go, well, it's not E Street. And, you know, some of it was better than others. But I think that, you know, the old adage about sometimes you have to take a trip around the world to realize that, you were in the right place to begin with all along. And I think that with Bruce, he had to go ahead and let the E Street Band go and try other people to realize that the people that he should have been experimenting with were right there 
in his own backyard all along because the the what they did in 92 was fine but i think they really seriously stretched on uh, the rising and uh, the fuse you know sonically you know lyrically it was just one of those standout tracks and i know there's probably some people out there who think oh, it sucks and there are a lot of people out there who are like, you know, anything after 1980 sucks. And some people are like, anything after 1984 sucks. And I'm like, well, it, it, to me, that's a testament to Bruce is that he's still doing things and I'm still digging them. And granted, I'm not digging everything. There's some record, I'm like, honestly, uh, working on a dream might be my least favorite Bruce record. But there's still things on there that I appreciate. And I appreciate the fact that uh, it was a record that really came together quickly. So for, for that reason alone, I can appreciate it. And that will be part of the next set of Latter-day Springsteen music that we listen to later on in today's show. Hey, everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We are here weekly on NRM Streamcast. We are knee-deep in wishing a very happy birthday to the late, great Ray Charles, who would have been 90 on September 23rd, uh, the great Bruce Springsteen, who will be turning 71, and a legend of American jazz, a fellow who has played with other legends. Other legends have played with him. That's the cool thing about jazz, is that you can take a look at all these great jazz records, and it's it's kind of like, you know, like the Marvel superheroes. It's like you've got Coltrane playing on a Miles Davis record, and that's kind of like Captain America and Iron Man being in the same movie together. And then you take a look, and it's like, well, it's, 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 it's Miles, it's Train, it's Bill Evans, uh, there's Ron Carter, and then these guys would make really awesome albums on their own, and, and there, there was no, no second thoughts about these people, you know, just legends, playing with other legends, and of course, when you look at it, you know, there's, you know, I, I, I love jazz, but I'm not nearly the jazz master that some others are, so I might be mucking this up, but I'm sure that there were some records where you're going, okay, well, some of these guys weren't legends yet, but they were legends in the making, but to listen to it, they, they were pretty, to my ears, they were all legends at the time. Uh, and I'm sure that, you know, just, and a lot of these cats, they, they, they started making music together. So of course, you know, all ships rise with the tide. And that that's just one of the things that's so cool about this vintage jazz when you listen to it, whether it's Train, whether it's Monk, uh, whether it's uh, Miles, what have you. But uh, when it comes to jazz, you know, Coltrane was one of these dudes who just kind of broke the mold. And he left us way too young at the age of 41. So I'm going to go ahead and hit you with a, a hat trick of selections from uh, John Coltrane. Uh, one of them, the one in the middle, fairly short, but the two, just bloody fucking epics. So the first one, I'm gonna go back to that Atlantic jazz sampler that I was talking about earlier, from which we took that cool Ray Charles instrumental. And with the awesome, uh, you know, the awesome message, all of the music heard on this sampler is specially priced on CD and cassette until August 10th, 1994. Oh man, that that never gets old. Uh, but the very I had known who John Coltrane was, but you know it's 1994. We didn't have streaming. There was no barely had internet, 
you know, it wasn't like I was swimming in money and could just readily go out and buy music or download music or stream music. So, you know, getting my hands on this jazz sampler CD was really cool because finally, after years of hearing of John Coltrane, I got my introduction to John Coltrane with the sprawling 13-minute-plus rendition of My Favorite Things.
Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Exile on East Street. Go ahead and like Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay on Facebook and drop us an email at Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay at gmail.com. A hat trick of selections from the late great John Coltrane in that last set. John Coltrane would have been 94 on September 23rd, as we are spending the lion's share of today celebrating the birthdays of three giants of American song, Ray Charles, Bruce Springsteen, and in that last set, a hat trick of selections from John Coltrane. Uh, the last selection, uh, clocking in at 10 minutes and 40 seconds, the title track from Blue Train, a song I will ever, forever, synonymously associate with a specific time in my life. It was the mid-90s. I was working a more than tolerable in-between job. And I was absolutely addicted to listening to public radio station WDET in Detroit. Uh, and Delisi in the uh, midday and uh, Martin Van Dyke in the afternoon. And they always played just the most incredible mix of eclectic music. And forever and ever, I will always associate John Coltrane's Blue Train with uh, that moment, uh, veering towards 4 o'clock when uh, Martin Bandyke would wrap up his show. And often, or at least I remember it as often, he would wrap up the show with Blue Train. So I knew that uh, if Martin was playing Blue Train, it meant it was almost 4 o'clock, almost time for fresh air. And with that, uh, the last hour of the day would fly by because I loved listening to Terry Gross and fresh air. And before you know it, it would be 5 o'clock and I'd be heading home. And I lived fairly close to where I worked. So uh, it was a pretty good deal. So uh, before that, uh, clocking in at a mere 4.43, the title track to Giant Steps, an album that is celebrating its 60th anniversary with a 60th anniversary edition that just came out today. Of course, today I'm recording it. It is Friday. Um, at the top of the set, again, going back to that Atlantic Jazz Legends sampler put out by Best Buy back in the 90s and Coltrane's version of My Favorite Things, Clocking in at a sprawling 1344, that, that could go on for 14 years and I wouldn't mind. And just, I, I loved it then, I love it now. I remember actually having a conversation with somebody back in the day and them saying, yeah, Coltrane's my favorite things. It's like a starter kit for people who don't really know jazz. And I'm like, but, but wait a minute, it's awesome. And, and I still think it's awesome. So I don't know what that says about me, um, but you know, hey, uh, I'll take it. Uh, you know, if it means I'm not cool, then I'll I'll just say that I love Coltrane's my favorite things, uh, and and just say you know if if I'm wrong, I don't want to be right. So, and with that, hey everybody, it's debts no honest man can pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We are here weekly on NRM Streamcast, and uh, while it is fresh in my head, so. Uh, just to give you kind of a peek behind the curtain, um, recording this week's show has been carved into two parts. I did a little bit earlier in the afternoon, uh, took a break to uh, pick up some uh, meds for my mom and pick up her laundry and uh, take, a, take a nice, beautiful hike. And uh, as we record, it is Friday evening and it is Rosh Hashanah. 
the Jewish New Year. So with that, Lashana Tova, a happy new year, a sweet new year, a prosperous new year, a brave new year, a safe new year to all of my MOTs. And for those of you out there going MOTs, that is, it's slang. The MOT is a member of the tribe. So for all of my fellow members of the tribe, I wish you a happy new year. Uh, yet another reason we are celebrating on this week's show. We're celebrating the birthdays of Bruce, of uh, Coltrane, of uh, Ray Charles, my good friend Don LaRue, a lot of birthdays. We are also celebrating the beginning of autumn. We are celebrating uh, the Jewish New Year. There's just a lot to celebrate. Just just being alive is a reason to celebrate, even, even if you're going through challenges. You know, if you've got the strength to just, you know, keep going on another day, then that, that's a reason to celebrate. Uh, because, you know, there's that school of thought of like, oh, when I get this or when this happens, everything will be great. But then there's that, that possibility that when you get there and, or when you get that thing or when that thing happens that, you know, nothing's really changed. You know, you've got that momentarily, you've got that momentary moment of joy, but, you know, you're, you're still the same person. So I think really the key here is like to just be enough in the moment to realize that, yeah, things ain't perfect, but there's this thing, that thing, and the other thing that are pretty damn okay. And so let's uh, concentrate on that, especially in this particular climate that we're living through. So moving right along as we are knee deep in the birthdays. So earlier in the show, uh, we focused on the years 2002 through 2007 as we cast the spotlight on 21st century boss or Latter-day Bruce, depending on how you like to think of things. Uh, so yeah, in that last set, we concentrated on the rising, devils and dust. Uh, we shall overcome the Seeger sessions and magic. And here we are now with part two of the Springsteen uh, birthday celebration. Uh, we pick up at 2009, a banner year for Bruce. Kind of a, a victory lap, if you will, because um, he uh, toured uh, relentlessly behind Magic, and so Magic came out in 2007, and he started working on a new record in 2008, and it came out in early 2009. They played at the Super Bowl, uh, they played at the uh, Obama inauguration, they played at Bonnaroo that year. Uh, it was really just, just at, like a major... Uh, victory lap for East Street Nation. And uh, the album that came out that year was Working on a Dream, which, like I said earlier, probably my least favorite Springsteen record. But, like, with any Springsteen record, it was my number one record of the year because that is that is my flaw. You know, and, you know, if, if that is the most corrupted thing I do as a guy who does a podcast that just for, for the love of it, not getting a red cent of it, and my biggest, uh, my biggest act of corruption is that anytime Springsteen puts out a record, I'm going to call it my number one record. If that's the worst act of corruption I commit, I think I've led a pretty good life. Uh, <laughs> but um, I do appreciate working on a dream, uh, just for the fact that it came out so quickly that they, so, I'm like, they didn't have to do anything. You know, they could have easily, you know, just rested, you know, after uh, touring the uh, Magic record for as long as they did. 
But uh, no, they they picked up the baton. They and and uh, two thousand nine was a you know a, a somewhat of a, a challenging year. You know they had already lost one member of the E Street Band, that being uh, Danny Federici, and uh, you know uh, Clarence would uh, soon uh, shuffle off this mortal coil. So. Um, Interesting time on E Street, but Clarence was still with them when they played at all these cool things in uh, 2009. So, regardless, um, I do appreciate the fact that they put together the record so quickly. There are some tracks I dig, some I, I find difficult to listen to, but this first one that we are going to kick off this next set with has always been one of the highlights of the record. Uh, it's Bruce getting gritty, getting bluesy, uh, doing that whole bullet mic and the, the harmonica, just getting, you know, tapping into that inner uh, Delta blues man. From uh, Working on a Dream, it's Springsteen and Good Eye. <laughs>
Come up a little short and we go down hard These days I spend my time skipping through the dark Through the empires of dust I change the name I am the humble invisible Yard, rattling black smoke we rolled on Down into the valley where the beast has its throne There I sing my song in a sharp my blade I am the hunter of invisible Touches mine, what else to explain? I am the hunter Tucson train 
mind and body The heart's on the burn out the pain If they're looking for me, tell them, buddy I'm waiting down at the station Just praying to the Debt to No Honest Man can pay pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Breaker, Castro, Overcast, Radio Public, TuneIn, CastBox, iHeartRadio, and PocketCast. Regardless of where you find us, don't forget to leave us a rating or a review. We also archive every episode of the podcast over at debtsnohonestmancanpay.com, where you'll also find every playlist of every episode going back to April 7th, 2003. And with that, let's get back to the show. Four more tracks from the boss as we celebrate his 71st birthday on September 23rd. Uh, this year we are celebrating Latter Day Bruce or 21st Century Boss, depending on your worldview. And uh, that set encompassed the years 2009 through 2019, a complete decade. So, uh, as I was saying earlier, uh, since 2000, there have been eight studio records from Bruce. He will be releasing his 20th studio album on October 23rd. In the meantime, uh, we have been celebrating his Latter-day works on this week's show. In this set, we wrap things up with a song that, um, when we're talking about all-time favorites, I'm, I'm going to put this on my all-time favorites list because the very first time I heard it, I, I just had a smile ear to ear. And every time I've heard it ever since then, it's had the same effect. It's just so timeless. It's, it's one of those songs when I first heard it, it's like it sounded fresh and yet familiar. And a lot of what made Western Stars such an awesome record was... Uh, that was so steeped in that AM gold sensibility, that Jimmy Webb singer-songwriter sensibility. And I I will always remember, and I've I've gotten into this habit, uh, thanks to my, my buddy Rich, not to be confused with Buddy Rich, who I've not spoken in many years, but we're bonded by a common love of Bruce. But uh, when we first started hanging out and he said, yeah, Anytime Bruce puts out a record, I take the day off and I just drive around listening to it. And I'm just like, I'm stealing that. And so 
any time that it has, it has been practically uh, feasible for me to do so, I've taken the day or the half day off to listen to a new Bruce record when it comes out. There have been times where I, I haven't been able to do so. But most of the time, I've been able to do so. And with Western Stars, I was able to do so. And it was a beautiful June day. And I just got in the car and I was driving. And a good friend of mine uh, was in the hospital getting open heart surgery. And I will never forget driving around, listening to this record, just being grateful for this new record. And just really just keeping the good thoughts for my friend. And he, he's okay. It's been over a year now, so uh, I'm happy to say it was a good day. And before Western Stars and Tucson Train... Oh, and by the way, Lil Steven and the Disciples of Soul also do a pretty badass cover of that. And it is readily available. Go to where you get your uh, music and download it or stream it today. Uh, before that, going back to 2014, the album High Hopes... And it was a record with it where, you know, I, I try not to lurk on the message boards, but sometimes it's unavoidable. Like, I'll, I'll go to BTX, which is the the message board of Bruce Springsteen fans, and uh, I try, try to take all the negativity with this salt lick. Uh, but I remember when uh, High Hopes was coming out and just... All kinds of uh, opinions, uh, positive and negative. I really like High Hopes as a record, and a lot of people take issue with it because, well, it revisits older material. There's some covers, but I like it. I'm not going to apologize for it. And one of my favorites off the record was the song that we heard before Tucson Train, something called Hunter of Invisible Game. To this day, I'm still not 100% certain what it's about, but I love it. Just, like, from the moment I heard it, I'm like, yeah, I like this song. And there was a, a moment a few years back, shortly after the record came out, where uh, one of the best TV shows on network television was still uh, on the air called The Good Wife. And if you go to CBS All Access, you can watch all of the seasons of it, and I highly recommend it. Uh, but uh, that song was prominently featured in an episode, and I believe the episode was actually entitled Hunter of Invisible Game. But uh, th that just goes to show you that the creators of The Good Wife, who are also responsible for The Good Fight, which is also one of the best shows you're not watching, uh, they just have impeccable taste. So uh, before Tucson Train, before Hunter of Invisible Game, going back to 2012, which is uh, pretty monumental because right around the time this record came out was around the time that uh, this show moved from our home over at uh, Gardner-Webb University, WGWG, over to Plaza Midwood Community Radio, and we had the album Wrecking Ball, uh, which, like High Hopes, had a, a few songs that were previously known to Bruce fans that had never, they'd been, you know, live recordings had been released officially, but there was never an official uh, studio recording. Uh, and, you know, that was the one thing that, that uh, High Hopes and Wrecking Ball had in common. Although I think that there were more uh, of the older songs 
on High Hopes. And with that in mind, Letter to You, the record that comes out on October 23rd, is going to have three songs of Springsteen's from back in the 70s that he had never recorded. <clears throat> so before Tucson Train and Hunter of Invisible Game from uh, Wrecking Ball, we heard Death to My Hometown, and the live version of that is pretty freaking awesome as well. Uh, got to see uh, Bruce on uh, the 2014 tour, the High Hopes tour, when Tom Morello was stepping in for little Steven, who was busy filming the final season of uh, Lilyhammer, which I still need to finish watching. And I watched the first few episodes of season one, and I liked it. Uh, but I think the just the I don't wanna I don't want to admit it, but just when you have a, a show that's mostly uh, in a foreign language and you've got uh, subtitles, it can be challenging. And I don't mind subtitles, but and this is something that I wish the film industry would would figure out that when you have subtitles, make it easy to read. Pump up the, 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 the font size. And if you've got a light background, make the font, make the make the make the subtitles like dark. And if you've got a dark background, make the subtitles light. It just it will make it easier for everybody and they will love the thing that you do. But I digress. So where was I? Oh yeah. High hopes. Hunter of Invisible Game. Uh, so we had Tucson Train, Hunter of Invisible Game, Death to My Hometown. So yeah, I was saying that I saw Springsteen in 2014 on the High Hopes tour, and I one of the highlights was seeing them play Death to My Hometown. Of course, like I said, Tom Morello was in the house, and that was awesome. I'm like, I've seen Springsteen a number of times, with and without Little Steven. But seeing them with Tom Morello was an absolute treat. And I remember when they played Death to My Hometown that like a lot of like a lot of the horn players came out with their the drums and stuff and it was like like a serious fife and drum kind of thing because the song has a really blatant Celtic flair that serves it well. Uh at the top of the set, going back to 2009's Working on a Dream for Good Eye, one of those songs where Bruce is using the bullet mic and the harmonica and tapping into that Delta Blues sensibility, and it's it just works. So, hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We are here weekly on NRM Streamcast. Today, smack dab in the middle of our birthday celebration for Ray Charles, John Coltrane, and Bruce Springsteen, all born on September 23rd. Bruce turning 71, Ray would have been 90, Train would have been 94, and with that we shift gears, and like I said, uh, when I was originally putting the show together, I was thinking, okay, we're going to do the autumn bookends, we're going to do the birthday stuff, and that's it. And I was laying in bed last night, scrolling through my social media feeds, and realized an album that is near and dear to me is celebrating a 35th anniversary. So how can I not? How can I not make room for this? 
I wouldn't be able to live with myself. I would have to, I would have to relinquish my music nerd card, and that would cause me great pain. It would unravel some of the threads in the universe. It would just, it would fuck with the fabric of space and time, and I just can't live with myself. So with that in mind, uh, this, this next set of music, we're calling an audible. Although, can you really be calling it an audible when it was something that was uh, conceived 24 hours prior? Well, let, maybe, let's call it 20 hours prior, okay? Let's, let's rough it out a little bit. But uh, the Water Boys' third album, This Is The Sea, came out 35 years ago today. And if you're not familiar with the Water Boys, you're in for a treat. They are just the epitome of Celtic rock, uh, led by Mike Scott, and they are still going at it. They just released a new album a few weeks back called, uh, oh man, I'm drawing a blank on the title. <laughs> I think it's called Good Luck Seeker. And This Is The Sea is the album where my love for the Water Boys was cemented. Uh, I had seen them in December of 1984 opening for U2 at the Fox, the Fox Theater in Detroit, the first leg of the Unforgettable Fire Tour. This was just a moment of bottled lightning because this was a band that was about to blow up. So they were doing a leg of theater shows, and then when... 1985 started they did a second leg but they were in arenas arenas what am i from <laughs> am i am i all of a sudden from long island <laughs> oi so yeah so uh when when they flipped the switch that was it i i feel really really super fucking fortunate to have seen you two in one of their last theater shows and the water boys open and i remember digging them but it really seriously wasn't until this is the sea when i really seriously spent some time with their music that i just really just was blown away by the artistry and the poetry and the majesty of the water boys of course like i said earlier uh mike scott has been the one constant of the water boys uh, at the time of this record, uh, Mike had Anthony Thistlewaite and Carl Wallinger as the nexus of the band. The, the band would change a lot of members. Mike would always be the constant. But this was the last time where you had the three of them as a nexus. And they've done great work since then. The album after This Is The Sea was Fisherman's Blues, which uh, most people, when they talk about the Water Boys, that's the one they go to. But for me, it's always going to be This is the Sea. And I've always said that, um, you know, people have book clubs, and I've always wanted to have, like, an album club or a record club where each week we, we talk about a record. And This is the Sea is, I think, the album that really inspired that thought for me, too, because there's something very literary about this album. I'm not sure if it, if it plays as a, uh, as a novel or a collection of short stories. You know, we can debate that, and I'm happy to debate that, especially over a pint or 12. 
But, uh, wow, what an album. Um, it, it goes through so many different sonic textures and landscapes. And lyrically, there's so many things going on. You know, it owes so much to everything that's come before it. From Van Morrison to Patti Smith and everything in between. And the song that starts it all, starts it all with such a sense of cinematic flair. Like, seriously. When you listen to this, you're going to, if you've got, if you're a nerd like me, you're going to listen to this and you're going, holy motherfucking crap on a cracker. This is so Ennio Morricone, I can't stand it. It's the Water Boys from This Is The Sea and Don't Bang The Drum.
you hurry You got still enough time And you don't need no ticket And you don't pay no fee And now you don't need no ticket You don't pay no fee Because that was the river And this is the sea That was the river Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Exile on E Street. Go ahead and like Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay on Facebook and drop us an email at Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay at gmail.com. A hat trick of selections from an album that is near and dear to me that celebrates being 35 years old this week. The third release from the Waterboys, 1985's this is the sea we wrap things up with the title track uh just really a perfect closing track when you think of classic albums they often end on a subdued note when it just kind of fades off into the ether and uh, that's kind of what this is the sea the title track uh evokes for me before that trumpets just just such a just an eloquent and elegant composition there and when i was putting together uh the playlist for today's show and without a second thought i put trumpets in there when i know just in the back of my head you know, i thought well usually i'd play spirit which we didn't play but my gut told me to go with trumpets and i think it was the right call i'm like i i hope that this inspires you to go ahead and listen to this record if you're not already familiar with it. And if you're already familiar with it, I hope you enjoy it again with uh, fresh ears. But uh, yeah, Trumpets is just one of those records. It's that, both that and the song Spirit are songs that are just, they feel like they're over before they begin. And there's actually an extended cut of Spirit, which on the official release is pretty short. But there's a longer version of that, and uh, both both tracks are just worth spending time with. Before that, a, a song I like to refer to as the best song, or one of the best songs, Dylan never wrote. Is The first time I heard it, I thought, here's a guy who clearly loves Dylan, reveres Dylan, and wanted to do a Dylan homage. And it does 
really, as far as Dylan homages go, it really doesn't get any better than Be My Enemy. Just And there's a lot of humor to that, and it just... I listened to it the other day when I was driving around doing some errands, and I'm like, God damn, it is still good today as it was 35 years ago. Uh, before that, The Hole of the Moon. You want to talk about how to write a song. I mean, this one should have been, could have been, would have been a hit. I don't know why it wasn't a bigger hit. In some ways, I'm glad it wasn't because, you know, in, in the middle of the 80s, you know, and we were all there for the 80s, and some people love 80s music, and I'm cool with 80s music, but my idea of 80s music and somebody else's idea of 80s music, you know, there, there there's going to be that Venn diagram where there's a little bit of overlap, but there's a lot of bands I love that wouldn't be included on a lot of people's 80s playlists. Uh, but The Waterboys, The Hole of the Moon, is a song that was so awesome that I can't believe it wasn't a hit. I think that for the people who really, really seriously knew their music, to them, it was the shit. But uh, for, for most of the people at large, it was something that just kind of eluded them. Although, to its credit, it's a song that's been covered by many. Uh, the name that pops to mind is Mandy Moore. I know there are other people who have covered it. I remember being in a grocery store once and hearing this, uh, the whole of the moon and going, I love this song, but this is not the water boys. And I'm not sure how I feel about this version, but I know for damn sure that this person has impeccable taste. And I think it might've been the Mandy Moore version. And I remember that her record came out and not only did she cover the water boys, but she covered XTC. So, uh, I'm like Aside from the fact that Mandy Moore, Mandy Moore has great taste, and she's just freaking adorable, uh, and she survived being married to Ryan Adams, um, I am an unapologetic fan of This Is Us. And she is one of the reasons why I love watching This Is Us. Her and Sterling K. Brown, and just... Uh, I'm not going to go down the This Is Us rabbit hole, but suffice it to say... It's an awesome show, and I'm not too cool to admit it. But The Hole of the Moon, which of course was covered by Mandy Moore, that's why I went down that rabbit hole, uh, was a song that was inspired by Prince. And I'm not sure, it's apocryphal, there might have been, uh, there have been rumors that perhaps Prince even uh, had complimented Mr. Mike Scott on this, and maybe there was a uh, Prince cover of uh, The Water Boys, The Hole of the Moon? I don't know. Maybe I'm imagining it. I don't know. Like I said, it's apocryphal. In some way, shape, or form, this information reached my brain, and I'm processing it in this particular way at the moment. At the top of the set, bearing a strong Ennio Morricone influence, the album starter, Don't Bang the Drum. And with that... We give you a fistful of tracks from the Water Boys. This is a C, celebrating 35 years on this mortal coil. And with that, hey everybody, it's debts no honest man can pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We are here weekly on NRM Streamcast, and we are going to wrap things up much in the same way that we kick things off, but yet slightly different. So we kick things off 
with Red Fox and Smiley Rogers' interpretation of Tis Autumn, immediately followed by Leo La Tango's Autumn Sweater. We wrap things up by playing the Drive-By Truckers, going back to 2013, the album English Oceans, an album I almost completely forgot about because the Drive-By Truckers are so prolific that it's hard to keep track of everything they do. But uh, being reminded of this, it makes me think I need to spend some more time with this record. And oh, I'm like, you know, really, in on, on, all honesty, I need to spend more time with these older Drive-By Truckers records. But God damn it, they keep releasing awesome new records for me to uh, pay attention to. So with that in mind, we're going to wrap things up with Drive-By Truckers from English Oceans and First Air of Autumn. And with that, everybody have a great week. Take care. Be safe. Happy Rosh Hashanah. And remember, the dogs on Main Street howl because they understand. First day of autumn, up your nose Popcorn, heavy hairspray, nylon pantyhose Please stand and bow your heads and pray you don't get old And the admonition of your kind The rules of only strong survive Cross-shaped swimming pools down in the blood And lift it up Forever seeking favor from the light Schoolhouse hallway like a prairie highway sprawls The drop-off spins away the sun The getting there just proves it's nothing but a ball Pray the horizon never come The hearts of the daughters of the men one by the softness of the sons of women's hands To leave it up to love would leave it left to chance Memory only shows the promise beauty broke A beauty ageless in its time Light attracts the same, you glance away in the glory fades And being on your arm is lost its shame Schoolhouse hallway like a prairie highway sprawls The drop-off spins away the sun Like eyes that once could cut through candle power on autumn nights First air of autumn leaves me numb